2.35 this afternoon on the 123 Show. You're joined by me, Karen Ko, and I am joined on the line now by Andrew Dambina, our uh, food and drinks reporter, who's got an, an update from us for us from all over the world. Hi, Andrew. Hey, Karen. How are you? Very good. How's things going? Okay, thanks. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there is stuff uh, slowly happening, beginning to resume tentatively because nobody knows when numbers will swell or dwindle but uh, but around the world much like hong kong things are trying to really make a go of uh, you know resuming normality for those moments that they can and that's good that's that's good news so well the good thing um, is people have to keep eating and drinking right <laughs> Yeah, that's a fact. But hopefully, I mean, there was, um, I've got friends who are in the UK who sent me um, some sad photos of a repeat of what we experienced here and we saw during a Mexican wave around the world several months ago where um, shelves were um, left bare from people panic buying in the UK. I see those pictures too, the the toilet paper run Mark II, right? Yeah, it's happening with some other flour and grains as well mm. in the UK and pasta already. So wow. because because the, because the lockdown has been uh, uh, announced there for a month, but um, on on a more positive side, uh, last Friday Hong Kong time, the world's best fifty bars list came out. That was announced in London um, by the same organisation that breaks down top fifties and top hundreds for restaurants and bars as a global uh, gauge um, that people vote on from from different cities and places around the world. They also do a couple of, I don't know if you're familiar with this list, but they do a couple of regional ones. There's an Asian uh, best bars, best 50 bars as well, mm. um, and, uh, and also Latin America. They haven't actually uh, dipped their toe into the European market, which is interesting because, you know, that's home to Michelin and other... Um, guys that have been around for decades. So, um, but this, um, this this world's best 50 bars list has been uh, owned by different uh, organisations over the last decade or so. So it is one of it's one that that people look towards. And every bar in 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 this particular bar list, which comes out uh, um, staggers from the restaurant list, um, it wants to be in there. And if they get in, you know, it's the kind of it's the kind of uh, vote of confidence that will have them putting a, uh, an authentic certificate on the wall, etc. So, how do you think Hong Kong did um, um, in the uh, in the list? Well, I do you know think we did well. Yeah, I know that Hong Kong actually has some really, really good bars um, that have cropped up, say, in the last five or six years. Um, yeah, I, I I won't name them. Well, maybe you can name them. But, I, but I will be naming. Yeah, a few. name them. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, how many are on the list? Top fifty. Well, so it's um, really, you get the top 50, which is what they shout about, but then you get the numbers uh, 51 to 100, which, which, let's face it, when you're doing the world's best list rather than one of those regional ones for Asia or there's also that one I mentioned for Latin America, it's pretty good to place even in the... the, Yeah, it's great to even place in the top 100, isn't it? So let me guess, there are six. Is that too many? uh, Okay, (laughs) is that out of the top 100? Um, Yeah. Okay, it's four, Ooh. which is actually, which is still pretty good for a small, good. little seven point five million-ish place like Hong Kong, isn't it? Absolutely. So it's, yeah, I mean, you know, like the size of a city in many other places. So, um, it's, um, I mean, the one which did uh, best for Hong Kong 
um, is um, The Old Man, which is in Soho. That Many was, of the best bars. That was the one I was going to name. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's been it's been getting accolades for years. Have you tried it, Karen? Yes, I've been there a few times. It's fantastic. What very, do you think? J- very creative uh, cocktails. Uh, I mean, you need someone to interpret, interpret you know, mm-hmm. what it's going to taste like so that you you know kind of what you're getting but really very yeah. very different yeah it is but, but and they also maybe you know this but they also do a, a classic list which um they don't they don't put on their uh, actual printed menu list but but you can ask for them to do something let's say like a thing of porcelain or a negroni or something which they don't actually normally list because the ones that they've won awards for internationally have been the more avant-garde ones, that you, like like you say, which need uh, and benefits from it. Part of the experience is getting that breakdown of what's in there, right? Because yeah. it kind of makes it pretty interesting. Um, especially when they've got home-steeped uh, syrups or spirits and you really then begin to realise the efforts of all of these different components that have gone together to make one drink. So, But there are there are a number that are, that are, that are in there. Um, other ones to... Uh, to watch out for with your uh, four to a table allowed in bars at the moment, folks, is uh, um, Koa, which um, is also uh, that's 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 coming at uh, number fifteen mm-hmm. um, this year, and um, and also from uh, the fifty-one to a hundred, there's the Pontiac, mm-hmm. which is an old faithful one, yes. and uh, the Wise Wise King. Um, so so those, those are the, the four, which are interesting because they. Uh, they're all um, they're all non-hotel bars, so yes. that's uh, you know. Um, whereas the num- the number one spot in the whole wide world, according to this list anyway, is the Connaught Bar in London, which is quite um, conventional compared mm. to the ones that we've been talking about in Hong Kong. Yeah. Do you like do you like a cocktail yourself? I do. I I really like cocktails. Um, so right. yes, I'm partial to going to a bar and having a cocktail, definitely. Right. Okay. Well, I, 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 any any particular preference, like uh, uh, sweet, it, it dry. It really depends on my mood, but yeah. I, I general, I like vodka cocktails. Um, yeah. I like gin. Um, sometimes, if it's after dinner, I'd like to have to do something sweet. So, um, ah. yeah, and Instead generally, of a wine. yeah, not not too fruity though. I'm not into like the lemony cocktails. Right. Okay. Fair enough. I uh, I would not na- I would naturally gravitate to something a bit kind of drier. Um, but um, at this time of the year, now that the temperature has dipped marginally at the uh, at the end of the day, um, it's interesting. There are a few places that have been quite adventurous with um, uh, with Isle malt in their mix, mm. which is um, gives it a smokiness that, that uh, the Isle malts are known for. Mm. And uh, and that but normally to purists who drink whiskey, that's sacrilege because, you know, you shouldn't be mixing it with anything other than possibly a splash of water out of a pipette or, <laughs> um, or, or, or an ice cube if you must. But, um, but it's, so, so, so it's interesting. So that's, um, that's, that, that's been good that a big award ceremony went on. There were the, uh, it, was, it was televised or, or streamed uh, and it was it was on at 9:30 p.m. last Friday. I caught a bit of it Hong Kong time, which was uh, a lot earlier on in the day than people would normally be drinking in the UK. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, and they had the maximum amount of people that were allowed 
to be in the room at the same time. But it's, it, it's nice to cause a little bit of a stir in the food and drinks world, you know? Yeah. Um, and, um, and, and, and continuing kind of related to that a bit, it's good to note that some of the important behind-the-scenes food and drinks trade shows are resuming in our neck of the woods mm. because, uh, you know, unless things get much worse, uh, parts of Asia, um, including mainland China, are not being hit so hard right now by COVID. So in normal times, this would be when food and drinks retailers, restaurants, hotels, clubs, and anywhere else that would sell you know, edibles or drinkables would get to see what the world is offering in terms of new products or existing ones that they might be able to carry. Yeah. And this would... Yeah, I mean, and this would norm, but there are some differences. Normally, this would mean manufacturers and direct producers would be travelling, you know, to uh, to put a face to um, to their wares, if you like. And uh, the in the current climate, there are almost no people representing uh, themselves doing this. They're taking up the help of distributors in the places where they're having them. So today um, is the eighth edition of uh, Pro Wine China. Which, uh, which kicks off in Shanghai. Mm. And um, that, that's on for three days starting right now. And it's something that happens every two years. So it's um, the eighth edition, 16 years of it. And it's actually, Pro Wine is a, uh, is a German-founded, uh, uh, mostly drinks uh, uh, show. So you get people from wineries around the world and spirits makers normally. But it's just good that they are still going ahead with it in uh, China, because Vin Expo, which is probably the world's biggest drinks um, show, trade show, did have to cancel um, some in the region, including uh, uh, China. Right. So, so, it, it's, um, so is Pro Wine? Yeah, is it a is it an in person event or is it a virtual event? No, it's um, it's in person. It's in the uh, it's in a uh, an expo center in Shanghai, mm. the new international expo center, and it's um, yeah, it's really happening. Uh, but they are just enlisting the help of their uh, mainland China distributor. I say they, I mean people who are producing drinks outside of China because there is actually, um, you know, quite an industry in wine and other spirits um, that can that can put put their faces in the room in Shanghai and China. So that's that's good. Um, and related to this, uh, let's turn to our own our own shores. The annual restaurant and bar Hong Kong Expo begins here tomorrow oh. at the uh, convention centre in Wan Chai. Okay. So yeah, I mean that's um, you know this is this is great that they've managed to do it. They're doing it with a lot of distancing, which I should have mentioned, of course. The, uh, the Shanghai show is as well. Um, and so they're, in the case of the uh, Bar and Restaurants Expo, they're renting, I mean, they're, they're booking, you know, more halls than they would normally. Normally it's a massive event, which yeah. I go to. And it's, um, but it, but it's, um, uh, it, it is actually going to be spread more throughout the whole centre just so they can get distancing in place to make less of a risk, obviously. And um, masterclasses, food demonstrations will be happening as, as, as they always do. Um, there will be some streaming at both of the events I've mentioned. So from Shanghai, um, by, by, by searching Pro Wine Shanghai or by searching um, Restaurants and Bar Hong Kong Expo, uh, people who are interested, who aren't in the trade, because both, both of these shows, I'm mentioning it because it shows a vote of confidence in the producers, which are very important economically to be getting back tentatively into the game of 
of getting their um you know their their food and drinks as you say people people need them but it's uh but it's also been so badly hit by distribution and logistics and so on so that's that's a bit of good news behind the scenes for the uh, food and drink yeah. world and i think so for the restaurant and bar expo is is that only for the trade or can yeah, members of the public okay. no it is it is so so it's um it's, but you can go to their website and there will be that even in normal times they would uh do edits of some of the master classes and of the uh, tasting and demonstration competition. So it's something that the consumer can enjoy that way. But yeah, it's always been in the, in the, uh, trade or food media that can, uh, that can go there. Mm. Um, so it's not like the wine and dine event in the harbour front, which uh, was also cancelled not long ago, which is a consumer event. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, but going from food and drinks marketplaces to uh, another item of news that I just uh, uh, wanted to mention, uh, food language uses, usage rather. Don't know if you've heard a few, there have been a few um, raised eyebrows at uh, discussions on the issue of language used for mock meat and dairy industries in the last uh, few weeks. Yes. I mean, it's been good. Yeah, it's been going on for longer than a few weeks, yeah, actually. Yeah, it has been. It's yeah. been, yeah, it's like, can you really call plant-based protein meat? Exactly, right? exactly. It's, and, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're spot on. The hot spot for this uh, for the last few years has been in Europe, uh, in the US to a certain extent, but, but in Europe specifically. Um, the, two weeks ago, um, there was something in, a e, in an EU, European Union tribunal, uh, which was asking if uh, vegetarian sausage uh, could really be called sausage and if plant-based burgers. So it's the descriptors, sausages and burgers, not only the uh, the meat in inverted commas itself, which, you know, is made from uh, chopped beans and other plant-based uh, uh, materials and seasoning. So it's all about fair description and, uh, and it's backed by the very strong... Uh, bodies of farmers' collectives in Europe, particularly in uh, continental northern Europe, in France, um, and uh, they, they, they have these very strong associations that try to uh, prevent people and have been trying to prevent people, definitely for the last few years, from being to, uh, able to, what they say is misleading the public into thinking that products might contain meat a, mm. a dubious argument in a certain to a certain extent what do you think i think most products make it pretty clear that they're not animal products because mm. that's their selling point yeah. so but <laughs> yeah. I, I could see like a a rushed you know consumer you know running through the grocery store at the last minute and just grabbing a packet that has a picture of a sausage on it and then coming home and going wait a minute there's no meat in this <laughs> Yeah, that's actually that is a case where it could happen, wouldn't it? I mean, couldn't it be in a in a big rush? But um, in, environmentalists um, and medical professionals um, probably thinking that people normally have more than just a couple of seconds. That would probably happen more in Hong Kong, wouldn't it, with our busy lives here? Exactly. But, um, or you send your <laughs> yeah. you send your husband to buy sausages, and he he doesn't shop very much, so he's just like picking up whatever. He looks oh. at the picture. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm not going. I'm not going to no, get into not that you, one. Kev. Not you. But, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, but it's. I think perhaps when you're living in uh, in normal times, you know, places like France where it's a 35-hour working week or something, you've got the time to mull over and and ask these philosophical questions about the vocabulary that's being used. So uh, maybe maybe that's where it's. But the other interesting bit. thing, uh, Andrew, is that. Is, 
as far as I can see, most of the uh, plant-based meat products are sold only in the frozen section, I think, not in the fresh uh, um, section. Oh, oh I, do, I, um, I, I think I've seen them chilled as well. Oh, you might you? be right, okay. though. Um, I mean, some. I think so. Maybe some of the... Uh, some of the newer Omni pork uh, ones. I think the ones. That I think maybe it's more common to see the ones from abroad. Um, you know that that need to be uh, or that are better off frozen to come to uh, mm. to Hong Kong. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, but um, it's and it's also um, in, in this discussion um, in uh, uh, the, uh, the the sort of uh, court discussions. It was all. It was also about milk on labels. You know, for soy milk and uh, mm. there, so. And um, almond milk, and whether things could be called vegan cheese. Anyway, the whole lot of objections, in short, got thrown out. Oh well. So, <laughs> um, but so so, but, it, but but I thought I'd mention it because it's interesting that uh, that there was a lobby to try and make it happen. Now, I'm a, I'm I'm aware. Do I have time? I may not, Karen, to squeeze in another uh, another item. Yeah, squeeze Probably in another not. tidbit. Why not? Yeah? <laughs> okay. All right. Well. Um, it's about an actual dairy product this time, um, not a not a faux one. Um, that butter sales year on year have bucked the trend um, of uh, all of these very popular non-dairy milk alternatives. And uh, one of the biggest uh, conglomerates or well groups, I should say, it's not a conglomerate; it's a cooperative of agricultural producers of butter in America. They're called Land O Lakes. Um, they have. Uh, they say they are between 20 and 40 percent up uh, over uh, over the previous year, or what they would uh, forecast for a normal year for butter sales. And I think, uh, apart from uh, apart from home bakers, we can guess that that is from people being at home and consuming more uh, more of the uh, comfort foods that they would that they would normally eat were they not because this is mostly related to retail sales rather than restaurant sales very interesting so, 20 to 40 percent pretty yeah, significant that's uh, a lot of yeah. butter <laughs> that is that's a, that's yeah but butter's meant to be not as unhealthy as we once thought at the moment yeah. that might be another yeah compared well, to the trans bats in margarine that's true that's true i mean it changes every few years doesn't it what what's healthy and what's not healthy <laughs> It does, it does. Okay. Yeah. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for that update. Great to uh, be updated on some of these events going on and, and all these trends in, in the food and drink industry. Absolutely. Okay, thank you. Good good catching up, Karen. You too. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. And that was Andrew Dambina updating us with some of the global food and drink trends.